I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive for season five of, of the, the Connor and Smith Show. Oh, that's the hive. I don't know. I keep trying things. I tried it last night. It didn't work either. So. Well, it's okay. Uh, tonight we are talking to Mary, Mary Robert. Robert. Yes, uh, we are so excited to catch up with her and... When we talked to her, she was about to open Chorus Line yep. at SU. It has since closed, but... Um, Had a very successful run. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to get into it with her. We are going to take a quick break. We will be right back. How's it going? It's so good. I'm so glad to hear your voices. It's so cold. <laughs> we just walked the dogs, and I'm like, oh my gosh, now I know why people move to Florida. I, oh, well, that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, how have you been? You're about to go into Tech Week of Chorus Line directing and choreographing. Is that right? That is correct. I'm very, very excited about the production and incredibly proud of the work being done over there at old Shenandoah University. We're still here. Yes, yes. Um, and this is uh, not your first time choreographing, first time directing the show. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. I've actually, this is my sixth time working on the show in some capacity. Wow. Uh, so it's kind of in the blood, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mary, uh, where well, are... Should we talk about the fact that we, you were in the National Tour of Course Line? We can get there. I mean, we were already there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just talk about everything Course Line right now. Get, yeah. it out, get it out of the, the system. A Course Line was my first professional musical. Mm -hmm. And I was 19. And there were 800 girls there the day I auditioned at the Schubert Theater in New York City. And at the end of four days, they hired five of us. And I was sent out to the international touring company of the Broadway production. So I was sent out to cover Val, Judy, and Christine. And I did all of the cut dancers. And then since that time, <clears throat> I've played Cassie as an equity guest artist I, it was the first show I ever staged at Shenandoah University for Shenandoah Summer Musical, Music Theater, excuse me, um, under the direction of Hal Herman. And Kathy Voiko was Cassie, Bobby Spencer was Zach. <laughs> and um, that was the very first show I did there. And I uh, did it again there 12 years ago co-directed and staged it and I've done a high school version just recently at the Metropolitan School of the Arts and that's my personal journey um, with the show but I love the show I always tell everyone that I'm so grateful it was the very first show that I did because it taught me everything I needed to know about the craft of musical theater for the rest of my career and I feel that way. Yeah, Course Line to me is one of those shows that sort of in the journey of music theater just all of a sudden like changed 
everything about musical theater, kind of like what Oklahoma did in the very beginning. Hair did it, Chorus Line did it, Rent did it, and now Hamilton is doing it. Agreed. That is yeah. very good theater history. Yeah, <laughs> it's like these, it's like these little commas, and then all of a sudden these really big exclamation points of like, no, this is how you do theater. Yeah, kind of revolutionary. Absolutely. You are correct. I also I also think that Chorus Line is one of those shows that the audience experiences one thing, which is great and a fantastic journey. And I think the the um, performers uh, experience something different because you're not just performing a chorus line. I mean, literally when you're doing the show, you're kind of really showing your life, which is not what happened when we did State Fair. You're right. You're right. That's really an interesting take on it. Uh, even doing it now, trying to explain to the actors that that the the for the show to work best in my humble opinion it has to be super honest super vulnerable super real and that it's not a show it's not being presented it is being experienced um and that yeah, it's not it's not it's not entertainment for entertainment value right yeah, absolutely. Well, and it was so incredibly crafted. Like every element element of it is extremely deliberate. Um, and it was based on true stories. And that truth is still there. Um, so the process of staging it and directing it is getting that truth revealed. And it's it's been thrilling, honestly, um, working with these kids. And approaching learning the material from a dancer perspective through the, we did the choreography first. There's a lot of choreography. Yeah. And well, that's it, a different process, I think, for a lot of them. It, it raises the bar so much in the dance world that it's one of those shows that if you've been in Chorus Line or I think, Mary, if you know someone has played a certain part, you immediately can kind of go, aha. Yeah, they, they means they, they kind of have to know their right foot from their left. <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, you know, I've heard people say that once you're, you've done the show in any capacity, you're part of that family. Yeah. Well, I'm not, this interview is clearly not about me, but I did play Bobby out of college at a dinner theater in Maryland that is no longer there. Maybe I closed it called Burnbray <gasps> and it was choreographed by someone who had done the national tour. So we did the exact choreography uh -huh. um and i remember having that moment during the run of realizing that i really wasn't doing in air quotes theater i was really embodying not only the the talent of the person who was before me mm -hmm. i i had every bobby who had ever done it on my shoulders that's a beautiful way to put it matt that's absolutely beautiful yeah i i had their story and everyone else had to honor everyone else's story. And on top of that, you also are representing one of the highest art forms in theater. You know, they say when you can't act, you you sing. And when you can't sing, you you dance. And so you're at the very top. Yeah, I, that's a beautiful, it's so lovely to hear you talk about this because I agree with you 100%. And, and I knew going into it that through the process of just simply learning the show, that things are revealed to the performers. 
So from an educational standpoint, it's just so exciting to get to come in and do this at a college level. Um, and what you describe it really accurately, I, I think. I'm glad you, I, you must have been wonderful in that role. I wish I could have seen it. <laughs> well, you know, what's so funny is I, I, I auditioned for the show. I did not get in it. And I was a replacement for someone who couldn't do it. And so I ended up really sort of feeling like the new best friend of Sheila because I really just kind of walked in and, and, and was taken under the wing of, of Sheila. Um, but um, there is something, uh, as we know, as performers, sometimes we are in shows that have different windows of entertainment and different windows of historical uh, learning or whatever. And man, when when you used to teach uh, some of the, the number in dance class, right? Everyone talked about that, and no one would ever walk away from like, you know, another dance class and say, "Oh, we learned the opening to Joseph." <laughs> That's interesting. You know, because course line is is an exclamation point in theater where you it, it, everyone wants to do the da 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 yeah. da da da. It's iconic. It just, it just is iconic. Well, I hope I, I, Steven's holding his hand up, meaning he wants to talk. So I'm <laughs> going to say, I just hope the cast and you and everyone who's experiencing this, this coming up weekend weeks coming up yeah, soon. Thursday, it opens Thursday and runs through Sunday. Yeah. I hope everyone can just really breathe that beautiful air of everyone who's ever done the show, everyone who's going to do the show and enjoy and be present for that moment because there is nothing like a show like A Chorus Line. Oh, how beautiful. I'll share that definitely with the cast tomorrow. That's beautiful. Thank you. I, I was just trying to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> I, unlike Matthew, I have never done A Chorus Line and I have a funny story about that. <laughs> Not to make it again about me. I've worked with Bayork Lee twice. Yes. And the first time I was doing a production of Gypsy, and she got very frustrated at several of her, you know, farm boys um, <laughs> because we were not able to do uh, the best uh, cartwheels while wearing tux jackets with tails on a concrete floor. So you, you kind of do the math on that one in your head. <laughs> I, got it. I have the picture. And then, you know, she uh, said, well, we'll cut it because they can't do it. Um, so we were like, okay, fine. We'll take the fall for that. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget um, uh, Karma Camp, who was also a uh, chorus line, uh, you know, performer. She, she was in the show with me and was also a choreographer in this area. Uh, she and, and Bayork were friends from doing the tour or something. And and I came up to Bayork at the cast party and I just, you know, wanted to save face a little. And I said, well, um, I, I'm sorry we weren't able to, you know, be the dancers you wanted us to be. And she's like, well, you were the actors we wanted. Well, you'll just never be in a chorus line. Uh, and without well, missing without missing a beat, I said, well, I never want to. And Karma, like, put, like, food in her mouth and just kind of turned away because she was laughing. Oh, my but gosh. But Bayork, like, was flushed. Um, and I said, that's just not kind of the thing that uh, I'm looking to do, or I appreciate it. I just, it's, it's not really my wheelhouse. 
Don't and I thought, well, <laughs> I'm never working for her again. <laughs> and then she hired me again as the only dancer from DC uh, in arena stages, damn Yankees. So I think she kind of liked my spunk, uh, but she absolutely. would in, in her famous warm up class, mm-hmm. we'd be on the floor uh, doing kicks, you know, laying down and kicking up. And she would always come to me and say, higher, kick me, kick me. <laughs> she, just knew, she just knew that you were actually, the only part you could play was Sheila when that she when when she stops and says, "Can the adults please smoke?" Right, right. <laughs> she yeah, she's a. I got to work with her on an industrial show, and um, she was the director choreographer of that. And then my story about Biork and Karma is that there was a Shenandoah University alum, um, Anthony Wayne, who was playing Richard. Yes in the tour and this sweet, sweet man who has stayed in touch with me since he graduated like you too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen him when I've gone to New York and, but he, he invited me to come with my whole family. He got us all tickets. We went to the, I think it was the national theater and I turn around and right behind me is Biork with who I learned was karma and so I'd worked with her and I, I said something and she was they lovely, just so incredibly gracious. And at the end of the show, after the audience had left, they called me up on stage to meet the cast. I have pictures of it. I was an understudy in a road company at the production, but they all came to meet someone who'd done it back in the day. And that I'm just telling the story, not because of me, but because to, I wanted to illustrate exactly what Matt was talking about, this sense of being part of this tribe. And Stephen, I think that you were close enough <laughs> to Biork to be a first cousin at the very least <laughs> to this theatrical family that, you know, we're all really, that's the, that's the beauty of theater is just all the finding, finding a place to belong in this crazy world. Um, I think it's also uh managing your own self expectations like i would never presume that i would be in a show of that level knowing my own skill set and if shenandoah taught us nothing else it taught us to know who we are and Mm -hmm. know like you know what you're capable of what you you know to find your strengths and develop them you know what i mean yes i do i remember mr herman talking about that he'd be like oh they don't know how lucky they are if i tell them they're not that that type they should be thanking me because i'm telling them you know this is i'd much rather be a character actor than the you know the ingenue or something and you know and they're still doing that sort of kind of on steroids now with all the the marketing and branding work they do with the students right Um, hey mary i see on the big google search that you may have attended wvu i did actually are you from west virginia no, so that story, I, I've told myself I had to talk in brief bits for the purposes of this, but <laughs> I actually went, I I had had my third child and I was between teaching dance and I was working for an attorney and she said, you know, you can get um, your college degree through this special program. So I, 
I did something called a Regents Bachelor of Arts. I got my degree when I was 50, five zero. By submitting, um, I sent them 19 binders of documentation of my work history, um, show business, and also this other stuff I do with historical textiles. And uh, and and then I took the remaining credits um, that I needed to earn the degree. I, I took courses in that. And man, oh man, I wish I could be a student forever. But um, they... They awarded me that degree, um, and I'm very grateful. But I did it in a year and a half, which was a little insane. But it just, it was great. It's for adults who have already been working and needed to get their degree. And so that was great. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I, you know, there's no, I'm really glad I did it because it was not long after that that the university went through another accreditation process. And if I had not had a degree... I would not be able to work there. Right. Even though when I first started teaching, um, it was less common for dance people to have college degrees. So I was hired based on what they said was my equivalency to a degree based on my professional experience. But they tend not to do that anymore. Right. There are people out there that have degrees. Um, so it was, it was I'm really glad I did it, um, actually. And I loved my science courses and religion courses and the cool stuff I had never gotten to think about. Before. Yeah. I had a very astute uh, friend years ago say to me, Matt, education equals separation. And I did not know at all what they meant until I realized that my education was starting to separate me from those who maybe didn't know um, some, you know, educated things like, yeah, and it was, it, yeah, and I, it was interesting learning what that meant years later after I had kind of got educated, and it sort of separated me a little bit from, you know, my family, knowing, mm -hmm. I guess, the difference between, you know, gay people and lesbians yeah. and just different things. That's like, what is that? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I mean, life is, is a journey of learning, you know, absolutely formal or not, but having the privilege of being, of getting some higher education sort of can give a framework for you to continue growing and not be stuck in your ways and, and to expand your world, your worldview. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think when you're a student in any capacity, you don't really realize it until you become a teacher. Mm -hmm. You don't really understand that the teacher is being the teacher and the student at the same time, because a teacher okay. also has to find a window in, in a way to communicate to teach you, mm -hmm. and not everybody learns the same way. Um, so a teacher is always in school. My my dad, who was a school administrator, all, he would ask people, what is the most important job? And they'd say, you know, brain surgeon or, you know, president or something. He said, nope, it's a teacher. Because yeah. people can't learn the skills they need without their teachers. Right, right. So, Mary, I know that I prepped you on this earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm going I'm to pretend like we're going to look at photographs in your... Um, and your family um, book, picture book, 
take us back to when you were a little girl. When was that moment or was there a moment you knew that you wanted to express yourself as a dancer? And then how did that really influence your journey and how did you find your way up to your wonderful LaGuardia High School? Oh, that's sweet. It's fun to think about. I think I just was dancing was something that I, I couldn't, I couldn't not do it. Um, I, you know, my mom put me in dance lessons and they said, oh, she's talented. You should, you know, make sure she gets the right training. So then, you know, she got me into right school and um, went to school of American ballet and had my first professional performing experience in the New York City Ballet Nutcracker at the age of nine. We did 20 performances. There were two casts. And um, I just couldn't imagine not doing it. Uh, there was, I did it through, um, yeah, just all growing up. I, I, I can't imagine. And it's, it's not a very logical thing to do with one's life, is it? But right. But you just, it, you know, you if you have to move when you hear music, um, I guess you're a dancer. And then I was incredibly, incredibly lucky because we moved into Manhattan um, for my parents to get degrees. My dad was getting his doctorate at Columbia in educational administration, and my mother was getting a master's degree at Manhattan School of Music and vocal performance. And so I grew up in that collegiate um, atmosphere. And being in New York City had access to the most incredible dance teachers in the world. I could talk about them for 10 hours. I won't. But every single every single one of them, like Matt, you were talking about the, the bobbies on your shoulder. All those teachers are with me all the time. And such characters and so brilliant and so talented and truly geniuses in their sphere. Um, so, so lucky. And then um, audition for LaGuardia High School Performing Arts. I remember my audition number was J9. And <laughs> I went into that school and I was a little ballerina. And there, talking about education, we also had to take acting and um, ethnic dance and character dance and jazz and um, modern, four years of Graham modern. And I, that's what I love the most was always doing something different. And, and that is what I built my career upon was my versatility. I'm convinced because I'm really a stylist. I can look at something and, and analyze, is it because they're parallel or are there, is there plie another four inches deeper? Or, you know, what is it that makes that style of dance? Um, what's the imprint of the movement? Well, and yeah. Like and, and, and just like watching the Olympics, because we are learning from our teachers who used to be students, and then those students come become the teachers. It becomes like every generation, we kind of top our athleticism even more. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people always really think of the arts as being an athlete, but when you're in the arts, you definitely know that you're a part of like a very athletic um, community that, that really is not like just showing up and sitting in a desk. I mean, it is about working on your, 
your breath, your mind, your body, and having it all in sync to do a performance. Yeah, it's it's there's there's no people like show people. There That's really, right. There really isn't. You know, it is just a unique thing, and you are your tool, and you are, um, and the artistry. You know, everything that that happens in your life contributes to your artistry. Good, bad, tragic. You know, ex loving, all of that goes into making you the artist that you become. Right. I remember when um, Hamilton came out and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, Hamilton, I bet they're really doing it. Um, and then I, saw, of course, saw it and was like, holy shit. I know. I this know. is incredible storytelling. Oh, my. I don't know even how. And I loved I loved that there weren't like lasers and elevators and, you know, all this stuff that that they do now to to make everything's spectacle it's storytelling in yeah. the most brilliant fresh way what was your experience with agnes agnes demille yes oh yes agnes oh my god i loved her so much she i was doing a broadway show and dirk lombard who had assisted her invited um she'd asked him to gather dancers because she had a project in mind so um I'll make it short. I ended up doing a lot of assisting for her. Um, I would go to her apartment and get her in her wheelchair and wheel her to the studio and I'd book the studio and I'd make sure the dancers were available. And we worked with her. We, we looked at videotapes from um, a show she had done on Broadway called Juno. And we, she wanted us to recreate those dances and then she, her goal was to shape them into a ballet. So we got together and we would do that. And then we, she'd meet us in the studio and we'd show her what we have. And at one point she hired a champion Irish step dancer to come in and teach us that style of dance because that, that was interwoven into her piece. And after two years of this on and off, Barishnikov came in. I think we were at the Joffrey Studios at that time. Stop. Saw what we had and said, all right, I'll buy it for American Ballet Theater. And then they they took it and rehearsed it and refined it. And um, it opened. I was, I was able to go to the, she invited me to the opening night of that ballet at the Metropolitan um, Opera House. And to see an entire audience give her a standing ovation. And, of course, she was the pioneer of storytelling through dance in musicals. And here, this was such a triumph. She had had several strokes. And, she, and you know, brilliant author, um, just incredible intellectual. And she you know to see that triumph she's been a guiding light for me through all the ups and downs of of life and just never giving up and doing the work she would give herself a bar she showed me where she did that in her apartment and she couldn't move one side of her body but she was still giving herself bar now now this is because 
if she was in a chair during rehearsal, I'm assuming for anyone listening that has never mm -hmm. taken dance, um, there's That's a beautiful, there's a language of dance, right? Yes. Well, well, for ballet, it's French. I mean, there's a whole French vocabulary to describe steps. But she also, um, and actually, I use this now because I am a little older than when you guys worked with me. Um, if you can't physically do the movement, you um, you have other ways to express what it is you want to see. And you can also, you use the dancers as in the course of describing what you want to have done, for example, in my ballet classes, I hate to tell you, I don't get my leg up over my ear anymore, but I can say, okay, I want to see a développé, Alice Agond, you know, Corderon de Jean into arabesque. And I can say, okay, Sally, can you please demonstrate that? And no, actually you should do it this way. And you, you work, it's a collaboration. Um, yeah, she would sit in her chair and scream. She did something also incredible. She brought in Jemsey DeLapp, who had done the original Broadway show. And this was, let's see, 50, 60, 70, like 30 years more or more later than she had done the show. And Jemsey must have been in her, I don't know, 50s or 60s, came into the studio, remembered every single step she Wow. Had. I, it was it was a phenomenal thing to witness, and she <laughs> walked in. And, you know, she'd had quite an illustrious career herself, but she walked into the room and it was Miss Demille, and she was completely submissive to Agnes. And the other thing about Agnes Demille was that she offended many people. She had no filter. Um, but my impression of her was always, you know, I, I got to be in her apartment and have lunch with her and get to know her was that people like Agnes and like a lot of those geniuses from that era, they were just obsessed with getting the work out of their heads and onto bodies and right. they did it any way they could. You know, they, they said things we could never say now without right. food. But they did get that work out there. Um, and there are people still staging it, you know, as truthfully to her intention and vision as, as could possibly be. And they work closely with her. Yeah. And sometimes geniuses that want to speak truth to their own authenticity don't exactly think about how to say it. They only just say it. Yeah. They may not really have, they may not be that socially, um, uh, uh, you know, able they, they just can't they don't know how they don't have the skill set you know just because your dance genius doesn't I even tell this to my son Andrew who is an apprentice with American Ballet Theater very proud of him but we'll talk about that how you know the people that run dance companies for example are not trained in psychology <laughs> they're not trained in you know, debate and dialogue. The, the model for the dance world is that dancers don't talk. Your right. voice is your dancing. Right. And, um, it's, that's an interesting power dynamic that is slowly shifting in other ways, very interesting ways. But that, That's got to be a really beautiful, beautiful relationship to have with Andrew and to be a mentor with things that you can maybe, um, you know, I didn't have a Mary. Oh. 
growing up, it, it, well, when I was at Shenandoah, I was blindly driving a car. And, you know, one time a friend of mine said to me, Matt, why did you go to Shenandoah? And I said, I wanted to get out. Uh-huh. And the, and it came on me so gutterly that I realized that the the only reason I went into the arts is because I knew that that was my tribe. I did not know where yeah. I belonged in that tribe. I just knew I belonged in it. Right. Um, and back to Andrew, he's so lucky to have your insight of just a the business, you know, the world, uh, how it is. And I'm sure things have changed a little bit, of course. Yeah, quite a bit. In um, good ways, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but how wonderful it is that he has you and, you know, me and Steve, Stephen, have we performed with any other, um, teacher or mentor besides Mary? Karma. Karma. I was in Fiddler on the Roof with Mr. Herman. Oh, right. That is a thing. So we were all in a show together called State State Fair Fair. and Mary was Miss Arden. It was Emily Arden. Yes, that's right. Oh my gosh, we had so much fun. We sure did. That was unbelievable. Oh. Um, was Robin Higginbotham in it? Yes. She was Margie. Yes, yeah, she was Margie. She would always, that one line, she'd say, oh, Margie. <laughs> I think I still say it some days. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun show. That's like a show that you're, you know, was written. I, I mean, I'm not going to say for pure entertainment because I'm sure there's a lesson and a moral there somewhere. But that's definitely one of the shows that people come to be entertained in a way that's different right. than, you know, seeing something along that... with the song. And yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. It was Our sure state fair is a great state fair. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I could have done that show for a long time. Because it was fun. Yeah. And and because the audience knew exactly what to expect and we gave them exactly that and they left happy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I remember. Is it the most beautiful thing after a show closes and you start crying for no real reason, but you know exactly why you're crying? Yeah. Oh, that's that's sweet. Yeah. I mean, right. You're kind of embarrassed that you're crying, Mm -hmm. but you know exactly why you're crying because there is no there was nothing like that at the bank Christmas party. There right. was nothing like that at the uh, Apple Blossom Mall, you know, festival. No, you just invest your, you know, everything in, in, in it. You're just all in. I think that people that aren't lucky enough to be in theater probably have to compartmentalize their lives. But theater people just get to be, you know, 100% in it when they go to work on every level, you know, you don't have to. Yeah. And you if, if you mean? can't, yeah. And if you, if you can't be you, then you kind of have a little stumbling block because you have to be able to be sort of authentic telling from your own self and your own soul. Yeah, I agree. Um, Mary, Mary, I see here that you teach ballet jazz and musical theater at the university currently yeah i'm actually that's yeah i'm not doing a jazz course this semester um but i did last year believe it or not i'm still doing that yeah i'm teaching that's right i'm teaching ballet and musical theater styles and i work with both the dance majors and the musical theater majors um so if you were talking to your um 101 people like maybe me so Mm -hmm. ballet uh in jazz and musical theater 
classes differ how? Sure. Well, ballet is is a classic technique that um and it it kind of just gives fundamentals. I I think it um you're talking about like like more beginner level. It 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 allows you to develop body awareness, coordination, you know, some flexibility. It's it's um although I try very hard to to constantly be reminding my students that it's a performing art and that they have to invest themselves artistically and use their imaginations. Otherwise, well, I, no offense to people that play sports, but otherwise they could go play a sport um, or do something physical. But what makes dance unique is that the storytelling aspect of it, even if it's an abstract thing that you're expressing. Um, jazz is... Um, my brother's a jazz musician, so jazz musicians might shudder. It's not necessarily done to authentic jazz music. It's usually done to pop music. Um, but it's upbeat, a lot of it. Um, and musical theater styles is, um, I, I, I do this. I read up someone else was doing it at another school. I thought it was a good way to do it. I kind of go through decades. So introduce my students to styles like we'll, we'll do a Charleston, you know, and then then we'll do something kind of more swing dance. And, you know, you go through decades like that and learn various elements of the st those styles of dance and how the fashion of the day affected it and how the politics of the day might have affected the way the movement was. Um, and so that's how I teach musical theater styles, because your odds of only doing Hamilton in your career or only doing thoroughly modern Millie are pretty, you know, slims. So you you want to be versatile and be able to do like I talked about before. And um, as far as the way dance styles differ, I will say too, because of the uh, profusion of dance competitions, um, now there are a lot more subcategories and people get, you know, quite persnickety about what you call various things. Now there's a lyrical jazz or a contemporary or a, it used to all just be essentially if you were wearing shoes or if you were barefoot um, or in socks. It's kind of funny for me to see um, dance is dance. And I, t I also tell all my students, there is no longer such a thing as a ballet dancer or a tap dancer or a jazz dancer, because even if you're in a dance company, like American Ballet Theater, you have to do a lot of contemporary movement. They've even done some tap collaboration at ballet, at American Ballet Theater. So the more you can increase your vocabulary, um, the more, um, the larger tool belt you have for as a performer for whichever avenue you're performing in. Does that make sense? Sure, absolutely, yeah. I, I, some of my, and some of our other uh, guests we've interviewed brought this up, so I just wanted to get in here that some of my fondest memories were in your class going across the floor, <laughs> learning whatever combo that um, you were teaching that week. Some memorable ones include uh, Tainted Love or oh. Do You do you Want to Ride in My Mercedes Boy? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we all loved it and ate it up and still talk about it. 
Um, and I could probably still do both of those combinations. <gasps> so they, they okay. made an impact. We need to get a studio and gather and do that. Yes. That's all there is to it. I got to see that. Oh. <laughs> and, and film it for Netflix. Yes. Yes, 100%. They have the reunion. <laughs> oh, that sounds so fun. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, you got, I mean, you were fabulous students. All, you know, just fabulous. And the energy and life and like, who doesn't want to be around that? Um, as, as you, yeah, you don't get that at the grocery store. <laughs> you just, you know, you, you don't get that walking through Target. <laughs> I think a lot of our friends we've talked to, including, and me and Steve included, you know, realized that when we went to Shenandoah, because it was a smaller school, it felt like everyone knew everyone and it, you didn't get lost in a big pond. You were just kind of really uh, learning really hard in this small pond. Mm -hmm. And um, there were some benefits to that because you, well, we were a tight knit group. Everyone knew the faculty. You would see everybody all the time, and um, and it was like a little boot camp. That's what it felt like to me. It was like a little um, four year boot camp. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I've I've heard people talk about things they wish they'd had more of in your day. That I think they're doing more now. That you know, but but also the you guys are in the business it's changed so much, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. Yeah. And like me, even me Stephen, came back a couple of times to do some workshops at Shenandoah. We kind of walked in and was like, Oh, this, Oh, okay. Well, mm -hmm. um, there was, there was even the business itself yeah. has changed so much. That's I mean, my, my God, black and white headshots. Remember them? <laughs> well, well now with social media and like video, video submissions and whatnot. I mean, it's all changing so fast. Yeah, it really is. And, and you know, they say that even, even when this pandemic wanes, which fingers crossed we're, we're approaching, that the video stuff is not going away. Right. Mm -hmm. No, because if people can save time, they will. Right. And money and travel. Yeah. And, but it's not the same thing as being in the room with the people. That I will tell you. No, and we were talking about that with Danielle Hootmer, um, where she, you know, she's in LA and she's doing all the TV and film work and how, like, yes, it's great to save time, you know, driving in LA, you know, to get to those things. She said, but it's not the same as being in the room and playing off the people behind the table. 100%. Because that's where you get the job sometimes, you know, yeah. just interaction. Oh, well, there's nothing I can think of in life outside of maybe walking into a cathedral. And I mean, like a European cathedral, mm -hmm. right? That like walking into a studio that's open with bars and a mirror, like being in the wings, getting ready to go on or taking over the entire theater during tech when you are the only, it's the only time you're allowed to sneak down into the, the right. audience and kind of like watch. I mean, there's just so many moments that there's nothing in life that compares outside of being in the sanctuary of Le Chatre. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the reason, you know, the theater and the arts and dance becomes such a, I don't want to say it's a sacred thing, but there definitely is a sacredness to it. 
absolutely. And, you know, we were taught that in my day. And even, you know, I, it is a sacred space. And a lot of the training, actually a lot of the training in ballet classes, particularly, um, the etiquette that's, that is unspoken. Someone said I should write this down for people sometime because I talk about why these sort of really archaic manners are expected, but it all goes back to that. It goes to creating this sacred, safe place in which to share creativity. And, um, yeah, I had one young student say to me one time, he walked into OBT, as a matter of fact, Orson Bryant Theater at the university. I think we were, it was Oliver or something. And he said, you know, Mary, Miss Mary, there's something about this place that just smells right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. It's, not it's, like, the, it's like the first downbeat of your uh, accompanist in your ballet class that immediately shuts the door to the outside world until that class is over. Right. And wow. if you don't really understand that, uh, there is an unspokenness vocabulary with everyone who's experienced that. You know, whether we leave there and act silly and put in our Madonna short right. shorts and leave or whatever. Right. <laughs> For that moment, yes. <laughs> right. But yes. for that moment, there's such a humanity in the room with open hearts and open souls looking towards one vision of how to create a project. Absolutely. And it's a community. Yeah. Don't you think that ultimately that's what it's all about is building community, bringing yeah. people together? Well, I mean, much like people gather around the, the fires and, you know, r- wrote on cave walls. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's, it's yeah. you know, the whole saying of when you gather people in an audience, their hearts beat at the same time. And mm-hmm. it's, it's something about that. It's the only time where we can sit and view something together as a community and, and feel something. It's so hard to to, to, I mean, Netflix is great. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm sitting here by myself watching Ozark. Right. You know, that's not the same. And <laughs> no, and and when the audience this weekend sees and hears what I did for love, mm-hmm. I mean that you're you're answering the question. This this is what you did for love. This is what we did for love, and um, and what the those kids who you are teaching will also teach to someone else because you taught it to them. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you know, it's funny. I was a little, I was afraid you were going to ask me about things I wouldn't remember because I've been teaching for so many decades and I've, I've literally taught tens of thousands of people at this point. Sure. Um, And I, um, you don't know what you say, how it will be taken and where it will land and what people will, will remember. Although you guys talking about those combinations, like I remember those being special moments and the energy, what I remember is the energy in the room. It was just electric and focused and fun. And so the fact that you brought that up, it was, thank you for taking me back to that room for a minute. It was beautiful. But you and, know, and, as a teacher, you don't know what people are going to get out of what you say or 
or teach. You just have to have faith and and kind of trust that you're going to say the right thing at the right time. To the and, right. And I'm not. I'm not trying to say that my class was special or different than any other. I don't think they were. But I. I remember the enthusiasm we had for each other when we were broken into small groups. That everyone cheered for everyone, and everyone supported everyone. And that's something that just when you get out there, it's a competition. You know, so doesn't always happen yeah. that way. I know that makes me sad. And, you know, it's interesting because, see, that's something I probably learned in part from your class that I've taken into. That is an extremely important aspect of doing any any production that I do is that, you know, working with all age groups is that they find a way to pay attention and support the other people in the room. And I, I kind of, you know, just speak directly to that. And guys, last night we did an understudy run. There were 15 understudies on. And to watch the first cast stand up and cheer for them was so beautiful. You know, they, yeah. you know, and, and you're right. I, unfortunately, all these competition shows have made it seem like every. I mean, even love's a competition now. All these, you know, marriage shows and <laughs> whatever. I, and that's kind of missing the point because it's not ever just one award or one pinnacle that we reach. We're here for the long haul. Yeah. And when you're, when you're in the long haul, you realize that the person who may have been understudying you you might be understudying them and the person who you thought was going to stay in the chorus. You know, it's, it's all enough. It's always changing. Well, yeah. And that brings up, you know, question college is a great age to have the conversations. What do you think is success? And to me, you know, if you think that, I think there's a lot of anxiety that kids are, it's so expensive <laughs> and it's, you know, in every way, the sacrifices their families make and, and and so they they have this idea that when they get their degree, they'll be fully cooked and ready to go out there and get that job. And and, you know, but it's continuously learning. It's kind of been one of the themes of this conversation is to. You, you're still going to be taking classes and still be, again, opening yourself up to everything life has to to contribute to your artistry. And I, when I'm teaching my classes, I always grab a kid that says, and I'll say, you know, like if his name's Steve and I'll say, Steve, you are going to have to teach this class one day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there is, there is something that you said to um, in the room once when I was in the room, I don't remember when or how or why or what the show was, but I do quote it a lot. And I always will say, well, I don't have to look at your feet to know you're a dancer. <laughs> and that is something that you said. I might, I might not have it really? word for word, but I remember one time you saying, oh, I don't have to look at their feet to know that they're a dancer. Oh, how funny. <laughs> and I took that as, well, really, if you, you know, from the waist up, you, the, you're assuming all the legs are doing the right work if everything from the waist up is still, I'm sure that's not the, that true with some of the tap routines because I think right. I, I did fake that.
<laughs> so did I, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I remember you during State Fair, because I remember our shins were killing us mm-hmm. doing that really aggressive tapping that it was. And yeah. you kind of saying, just lay on your back, put your legs up, at, you know, bring your knees to your chest and just spell out the alphabet with each foot. It'll warm you up. And like, I still do that if I have to do something extensive with my shins because boy, that does the trick. I think I only got to H. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that choreography. That was former student Matt Ghost, who was now then my choreographer for the show. And I do remember there was one thing he wanted me to do that I was like, I'm sorry. He wanted me to do like a split leap and land on the ground in a split. It's like, you have way more faith in me than I do in myself. I just wanted to get one more thing in too. And this is, this is just a very important. Are we ending? Yeah, we're about to, but I, I just want to, um, you know, Matthew and I met for the first time uh, during Pippin, oh. which yes. was my first show, my freshman year. And um, that's, you know, we didn't start dating then, but we met then and there was always something about that show and the, uh, I love the show. It's one of our favorite shows. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't get Lewis because I got to do the orgy with Danielle Ferretti. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the song with you was sung during our wedding because of that. Um, So it it kind of reaches all the way back to that. The first time that I I met you was also the first time I met him and we were all working in a room together. And I'm so glad we're all in a room together virtually again right now tonight. Stuck in a pandemic. Oh, yeah. But beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This has just been wonderful. I just love you both. And I'm glad that you're together and doing, you know, fighting the great fight for the arts that you are and i'm very so very proud of you to have known that you're still doing this i think it's wonderful we will be with you this weekend in in spirit that's right every time every time every time cassie says hey zach i i just need this freaking job (laughs) we're gonna be like yeah we know what that what that means we know what that is don't we we all do so yeah. everyone in the country knows what yeah. that's like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep a happy thought. We just gotta, we just gotta get through this, and we will. People are resilient. Don't forget. Yeah. 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 Well, we love you very much. Love you too, guys. You have a wonderful evening. Rest of Thanks so much. All right. Went great. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Mary. Bye. 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 Thanks so much, Mary, for catching up with us. We had a great time. So many fun memories. I wish um, that we could uh, do that whole reunion, um, get a camera crew, and do the Mercedes Boy uh, combination. Let's let's put let's secret that into happening. Or maybe just a little segment from the uh, Fair Tones. Or perhaps just. Um, you know, uh, just a little bit of the chorus line audition combo, you know? Yeah. I'm sure I would be stellar at that at this point. Yeah. Um, but thank you, Mary. We love you, and we hope to see you soon. Um, if anybody cares to learn a little bit more about us, 
you can always visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok under Connor and Smith, again with an E-R. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Po- post it where you post things. Paste it where you paste things. Share it where you share things. Um, join the discussion on our Discord board. The link is in the description. Um, things that you won't find anywhere else, photos, etc., we'll put in there. Say hi to your fellow alums. All that kind of fun stuff. Um and there is a Spotify playlist for season five of late 90s music, and you are free to add songs to it. So please do. It's a great living mixtape like we used to make. Um, but uh, yeah, another great weekend. We had a great time talking to Robin Schroth and Mary Robert, and I, I'm so excited to keep sharing these with you. And I know you're excited to listen, and thank you for uh, supporting this season and and you know putting your ears to it we really appreciate it all right matthew that's about it yeah thanks for joining the hive bye